you know, these cameras are making a movie about my brother. You know, he knocked down Sugar Ray Leonard on HBO, and that's why they're following him around with the cameras, you know, they're, they're making a movie about his comeback. Yeah, everybody's talking about it, but who are you fighting? Sal Mandy. Sal Mandy? What kind of name is that? Black and Jewish. <laughs> Where do you find a guy like that? You know, it's no joke. Former world champion. Former champ, huh? Yeah, I match up good with him, too. Yeah? Yeah. What does that mean? Well, I got, I got lighter. You know, I got a reputation for brawling, but I'm, I'm not brawling with him. I, I got to go try and outbox him. And there's a difference? Yeah. Well, you, you know, brawling, you slug it out. You know, I hit you, you hit me. Boxing's a chess game, but I, I got to pick my punches and take them down. I go head body, head body. What is head body, head body? Well, I, I hit him in the head, and then his hands go up. I uh, got to protect himself, so it opens up his body. And when I hit him in the body, his hands go back down. And then I go back up to the head. And his hands go back, and then I hit him in the body. You know, people don't know fighting. They, they think you do a lot of damage, hit someone in the head. You actually do more damage hitting someone in the body. So, uh, what, what do you think? Can I take you out? Are you married? No. Not what I ask you out if I was married. What kind of guy you think I am? Happens all the time. Trust me. I'm not like that. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got My day. Let's stay big boy, huh? That's Brock. Fuck you. Everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. Welcome to <laughs> Facing Off, a podcast where we take two movies and we throw them in a cage and make them fight until the other movie is a bloody pulp. It's called an octagon. And, and hey, hey, I'm Mark Wahlberg. I'm gay. Hey, well, Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. What Mark Wahlberg? It's eleven ten a.m. Yeah. It's eleven ten a.m. on a Saturday. Yeah, I've been up. I woke up at I've two a.m. this morning. Yeah, two a.m. <laughs> and then you you woke up at four a.m. So I woke up at one. Uh, what's up? I'm Gabe, uh, one of the hosts, <laughs> and uh, and I'm Nick, uh, one of the other hosts. Oh yeah, one of the other ones. One of the other ones. Nick, what's going on, dude? Uh, nothing, man. We're recording in a morning. In a morning. Yeah. We're recording in a morning. Mm-hmm. I've completely lost the ability to speak because I've been inside for so long. Got my blueberry coffee. Yeah, I got uh, my hazelnut coffee. Shout out to blueberry coffee. Hazelnut? What are you, 14? Yeah, apparently. What are you, 14? What are you, 14 or what? Uh, cool. Um, before we How talk about these movies... Oh, I'm, I'm doing all right, man. I'm, uh, you know... <laughs> Staying isolated, making videos that half the world hates and half the world loves. So I'm going to keep making those videos Dude, until Paul makes a deal. You keep doing you. Yeah. You keep doing you. Uh, those will keep coming. Uh, before we get into the episode, uh, one shout out. I do want to shout out Christian LaSala, who listens to all of our episodes. But I'm mostly shouting him out because he's um, he loved the movie Warrior. And he like almost like forced us to watch it when we were in the fraternity together in college because we were sick. Uh, and uh, we like at the time, me, you and Jimmy, uh, when we watched it, we like refused to believe a movie could be better than Drive that year or a few of the other ones. And like none of us were really into fighting. And then we watched it um, kind of like choke back tears during it and absolutely oh, loved dude. it. And it like blew our minds. And I... Uh, I was an arrogant asshole to you, Christian, about that, and uh, just want to give you a big shout out. Thanks for listening. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Christian. Yeah. Well, today, since I was saying that, we're going to be talking about two fighting movies, Warrior yeah. and The Fighter. Nick, do you have a synopsis for these two movies? Oh, no, I forgot that part. Just kidding, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Warrior is the story of two brothers, Tommy and Brendan Brendan Conlon. After going AWOL in the army and saving a man by literally ripping a door off of a tank, that's a a very under-the-table thing that happens in this movie. Yeah, I don't get it. He's not Venom yet. Yeah, he's Bane, though. Uh, Tommy returns home after ripping the door off a tank uh, to his father, Patty. Patty is a recovering alcoholic, and Tommy isn't exactly there to accept his father's apologies. Instead, he bitterly requests that his father train him to fight in an amateur Spartan MMA tournament to win the $5 million prize for his late friend's wife that he lost in Afghanistan. 
Meanwhile, Brendan is a high school physics teacher struggling to make ends meet after mortgaging his home and paying for his daughter's open heart surgery. After rekindling his former MMA fighting career by opening a can of whoop-ass on some dopes in a parking lot fighting (laughs) ring and earning some cash, Brendan enlists the help of a friend and former trainer to enter the same Spartan tournament as his brother, Drama. When the two discover that they are enrolled in the same tournament, Brendan tries to reconcile their past differences. See, Tommy took care of their mother after she left her abusive husband while Brendan stayed with Daddy despite the alcohol addiction thing. Patty never really reconciled with Brendan and definitely didn't reconcile with Tommy. When Tommy pushes his father away really, really hard one night, Patty falls off the wagon and binge drinks himself into a super depressed stupor. Tommy cuddles him before stepping into the ring to fight Brendan for the final match of the Spartan tournament. Brendan is the surefire underdog and almost loses before he dislocates Tommy's arm and then pummels him into submission begrudgingly, telling him that he's sorry for everything he's done. Tommy submits, accepts the apology, and loses gracefully as the two walk out of the ring in the embrace of their respective I'm sorry, Tommy! That's about Tommy! (laughs) Fighter is the story of Mickey and Dickie Ward, Boston's Mm. boxing brothers. Love that. Yeah. Boston's boxing brothers. Mickey and Dickie Ward, Boston's boxing brothers. <laughs> Mickey, the younger brother, is an up-and-coming boxer, while Dickie is a former boxer whose claim to fame is knocking down Sugar Ray Leonard. He tripped. Dickie is following. Uh, Dickie is being followed by an HBO documentary crew that he thinks is there to talk about his life as a retired boxer, but is actually there to film his crippling addiction to crack, which, and many people don't know this, is whack. Uh, Dickie trains Mickey when he's not doing crack and Mickey struggles to leave the shadow of his train wreck of a brother and controlling but mostly incompetent manager Alice who's also their mother Uh, your girlfriend is also your mom when Dickie is arrested for among other things impersonating a cop Mickey tries to stop the police from beating his brother up but gets arrested himself and gets his hand broken in the process his girlfriend Shalene helps him to realize that he needs to leave the shadow of his family and pursue greatness before he's too old to step into the ring again He ditches his family, much to their chagrin, and goes on a winning streak that comes to a head when he beats a man named Sanchez using a strategy prescribed to him by Dickie. When Dickie is released from jail, Mickey has to tell him that they can't work together anymore, but he ends up working with him anyway because Dickie's sober now, and honestly, he's the reason that Mickey beat Sanchez and ended up fighting for a championship in the first place. Yeah, that's right. Mickey wins the championship, Dickie gets redemption, and makes nice with Charlene. Charlene! You're fucking garbage, Charlene. All right. Um, yeah, we're doing these <laughs> two it. movies. They're very, very similar fighting movies. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're both brother about movies. brothers, and they're about um, hyper dysfunctional and uh, abusive in different ways, uh, families, and how you have to kind of like persevere through that. But another thing is like if you go on Amazon, it these two movies come together as a DVD two pack. So they had Do to they be really. Yeah. So this is like a perfect. <laughs> Uh, That's how we should choose episodes from now on. Which movies come together as a two-pack on Amazon? Yeah. Well, sometimes there's like super random ones that just have the same actor and are like completely different movies. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. I've never never, uh, deep dove into the two-pack on Amazon. Oh, you're not in the DVD game, dude? Two-pack? Two-pack. Two-pack. Two-pack Shakira. Two-pack. Uh, okay. Yeah, two-pack. All right. Well, we are going to break <laughs> these movies down based on our five categories. We're going to use our typical categories, and yes. we are going to use a rating scale of one to seven for each of these categories, one being the lowest, four being the middlest, and seven, seven being, being the highest. being the heavyweight champion of the world. Yes. Boom, boom. Four is just like kind of average, so... Goes about that. Uh, let's uh, let's start out with uh, actoring because I think these two movies are really like big powerhouse performance movies. Uh, so oh for sure. Let's start with actoring. Nick, why don't you start it off with Warrior? Okay, and, and explain what actoring is. Actoring is a category that encompasses a bunch of different things. It's the not only the realness of the acting, but also do we think that the directors and the writers gave the actors the tools they needed to give the best performance that they could. Um, we're also going to give some extra accolades in this episode. So I want to start off by naming one of my all-stars here, uh, Nick Nolte. Oh my God. So good. Nick Nolte is incredible in this movie. I cry every time I watch it. Yeah. I cried the first time I watched it. Yeah, Nick, Nick Nolte. Yeah, you could explain makes the me story. Sob like a baby. When it was like me, you, and Jimmy were watching it all together, like huddled around my computer, and then 
the scene where he like uh, falls off the wagon and oh, yeah. Tommy is like the scene holding where he him. Confronts Brendan is really sad too. Oh, I I mean there are plenty of ones, but I remember that scene where he falls off the wagon and then like Tommy like gets over his like grudge against him and like holds him. Me, you, and Jimmy just like didn't talk. And we got really quiet and everyone was like fighting back tears. <laughs> Anyways, Dude, keep going. I did not fight back tears this time. I just straight up cried. Yeah. Um when he first goes to Brendan though is is arguably a more sad scene because dude when he's like are those my grandkids and they're like and they say oh my god who is and that Joel yeah. Edgerton who plays Brendan says uh to his kids no 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 that's just like a nice old man yeah like they don't even remember that that's their grandpa is the saddest thing i think it's really a character writing because just based off of that you know that nick nolte without showing him in the past you know that he must have been this extreme abusive uh monster he must have been terrible like the worst he's like so remorseful and i mean the line where he's like well for you they must have had they must have had 24 steps for you. And he's like, nope, just 12. Yeah. Um, it's just li- literally the role was written for Nick Nolte and it shows. Yeah. The role was l- like literally they wrote know, the role with Nick Nolte. And it's, I. Uh, that's and awesome. it's completely, it completely shows Edgerton is good. Hardy is good. Maybe not his best. And also, I, I laughed a lot when Brian Callen shows up basically doing an impersonation of Joe Rogan. Yeah, so Brian <laughs> Callen plays himself. And, and Brian Callen is a big fighting fan. Like, his, right. he has a podcast with Brendan Schaub, uh, the fighter and the kid. Uh, but he basically does Joe Rogan. And, oh, my God, is he annoying in this movie. He's so, like the Max, uh, Max Kettleman. Is that his name? Yeah. He's the Max Kettleman yeah, so. in, like, Creed Two to this movie. Oh my god, I hate that. Uh, guy. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nick Nolte's my all star for this. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Edgerton is fine. Hardy is good. Um, I'm curious to to know what you think of Hardy. So I, now. dude, these actors went for it. Like Hardy and Edgerton both got severely injured on set. Edgerton tore his MCL. Hardy broke like multiple bones, including his ribs. His own bones or the bones of others? Well, because both. he's just a massive hulking man. It's kind of crazy movie. though, because I think he's like a really short person. Um but yeah, he is he is terrifying. Um I think Tom Hardy is really, really good at playing someone with a chip on his shoulder. And boy are those shoulders big in this movie. <laughs> Dude, uh, they're bigger than big. He's like good at being like a vengeful character. And the scene the scene that really got me I, the Brandon scene is really sad outside of his house, but the scene when Tom Hardy is like, who are you to me? Like when he's like playing the slots and he's like throwing the coins at him. He's like, you need this more than I do or whatever. He's like, we're nothing together. And like his dad's just trying to connect with him because he also was a war veteran. Um, he has, I think he has some of the best lines in the movie, like really mean burns in the movie. Oh, yeah. Tom um, Hardy is brutal. He and Joel Edgerton are really, really good at voices and act- uh, accents. And they're both, you know, mm-hmm. Hardy is an English actor and Edgerton is an Australian actor. And they are very, very good at hiding their original accents. Oh, yeah. And um, I always find that impressive. Um, it is kind of funny how big Tom Hardy is because it's like the exact opposite of Christian Bale in uh, The Fighter. Um, That's true. I um, think, but and they, but they both were in The Dark Knight Rises, like not long after these movies came out. Wait, was Joel Edgerton in it? No, you said Christian Bale. Oh, Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, yeah, and I mean, that uh, oh, that is such a good the, point because then they're the like Fighter almost came equal out in size. before the Warrior did a year before. Yeah. Um, so he had two years to get back in Batman shape, but Tom Hardy is in like Bane shape. Yeah. He's fucking huge. And that that. shape is muscular. Yeah. Muscular is a shape. Uh, I think Joel Edgerton (laughs) is really good emotionally in the ending scenes. Like he's really good at acting in the ring. And like yeah. when he's like, oh, he what? Oh. and then he's like, Toby, I'm sorry. It's like really good emotional acting. And then, yeah, Nick Nolte, one of the best supporting performances. I, he should have won. He, no, he shouldn't have because uh, Christopher Plummer won for Beginners 
And that is one of the most incredible roles. And Christopher Plummer was the oldest actor to ever win. And he hadn't won anything. And if you look, he's been acting since he was like in his 20s and 30s in The Sound of Music. And then like 50 years later, won an award. The Sound of Music? Yeah. As opposed to what? As opposed to what? I saw that tweet. (laughs) That was really funny. Um, Dude, I highly recommend Beginners. It's like my 11th favorite movie of all time. All right, fine, fine. Uh, But anyways, yeah, I I also, the supporting performances are good. Frank Grillo is really good. Um, Yeah, he's great. This was kind uh, of the first name? moment where he was like uh, great. Jennifer Morrison is pretty good. She's too. okay. Yeah, I mean, she's like, always could okay. have had anyone. In, yeah, I agree. Th- I will say this: I'm giving it a six out of seven instead of a seven because all of the side performances outside of the lead side performances are absolutely terrible. All the high schoolers are really, really bad actors. They're really bad. <laughs> Everyone at, in the UFC stuff are really, really bad actors, especially yeah, I at the also gym. Gave it a six. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, and I figured out the shape that that Tom Hardy is. It's an upside down trapezoid. Oh, that's yes, yes, it is. All right, let's talk about the fighter. We talked about that for a while, and honestly, I'm not really going to slow down on the fighter because this is like no. This I think is the biggest of the categories to talk about. Uh, so I'm glad we started with it. Uh, I gave the fighter one more than I gave Warrior. Exactly. Gave same it with seven. Exactly. Yeah. Because no one's bad in the fighter. No. Uh, except the little kid who looks like a grown-ass man, and it's gross. I don't like it. Wait, what kid? Uh, Christian Bale's kid, dude. He <laughs> no, looks like he a grown doesn't. man. Dude, he looks like a weird grown man. The guy looks with, like, like Daniel Wongren's kid. How Daniel Wongren's kid looks like older than he is, looks but like then he's man. like the cutest kid in the world once he starts speaking. Yeah, like a cute old man, yeah. but like a grown, grown man. Um, Christian Bale's exceptional... Um, Amy Adams is amazing. Uh, Mark Wahlberg is Mark Wahlberg. He's fine. And then Melissa Leo, I hate Alice, dude. Dude, but Mo- she's dude. it's one of the best and performances. And it's such a good performance. And but I, I so because I hate her. You makes you just you're like, oh, dude, shut up, shut up. So I after I Sorry. watched the movie, I watched like half of High on Crack Street, the actual documentary that about Lowell that that oh, they're yeah. like basing it on so the the actual documentary isn't about just dicky it's about three people that are high on crack in lowell um but but there's a part where they show alice and oh my god is the impression like dead on melissa leo yeah. kills it and, and she came out of nowhere and became this big actress with this movie um yeah, she won um she and bale both won it's like the only time since like 1980 something that that one movie has swept the best supporting actor actress categories. Yeah, it, it's so great. Yeah, since uh, uh, the Silence of the Lambs, probably, because that won all of the, the big Silence awards. of the Lambs, as opposed to what? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the buying That's of the lambs. Stupid joke. Uh, yeah, I don't, dude. This movie is so. I just lived in Massachusetts for three years, and I'm sure Nick Doria, our you know friend of the podcast, could attest to this. This is the most Massachusetts movie I've ever seen. And everyone is so good. Like, all the side performances are great. I mean, this is like, like, you almost don't even need to talk about Christian Bale. But, like, this is, I think Christian Bale's performance in this movie is up there with Daniel Day-Lewis in There Will Be Blood as, like, best acting performance of all time. Like, no one is going to get anywhere close to how good he was at acting in this. Um, And it almost was Eminem. I don't know if you saw that. But it, I did, dude. That would this movie would have been so bad if the people that Mark Wahlberg tried to be in it w- were actually in it. It was almost Brad Pitt and I can't someone else and Matt and Damon. I'm pretty sure. Matt Damon. Yeah, and no, Christian Bale was perfect, and it, and Christian Bale was in it. This is like his best performance, and this is one of the best performances of all time. And he was only in it because he and Mark Wahlberg's daughters went to the same school. Yeah. Um, so weird. Him in the prison, I mean, yeah. watching the documentary, especially when it turns into, it, it starts talking about his son, is like insane acting. Um, since then, he's gotten better and better, I think. Like, even, th- even though this is his best, he's just consistently so great at acting. But I want to I kind of like trace out what happened with his body just so people could fully understand how insane this guy is. So he bulked up originally for American Psycho. Then he lost 60 pounds for The Machinist. 60 pounds. Then he gained 100 back to play Batman and Batman Begins. Then he lost 50 pounds to go to, uh, to play re- uh, his character in Rescue Dawn. Then he dropped, or then he gained it all back for Dark Knight, and then he dropped 30 plus pounds for The Fighter. 
And then he continues it, and now he's like getting fat as shit. To, and then he was Dick Cheney, where he got extremely fat, like hyper obese. Um, and he only got paid two hundred and fifty thousand to play this role. And he's the pride of Lowell. Okay, um, you just you just invented a category of fatness. It's yeah, he's like a fucking blue whale. Hyper obesity. Uh, Amy uh, Adams, I think, is one of the most overrated actresses. But but when she is great, she's consistently good. I think people yes, overrate yes. her performances. Yeah. But when she's great, like in this, she's insanely good. Like she, yeah. this is her best performance. Oh, I just want to say really quickly, the guy who plays Mickey O'Keefe is Mickey O'Keefe, the actual yeah. trainer. And he's in the documentary and he also gives like a great performance. And the guy who plays George, um, Mickey's dad is really good. Um, David O. Russell just fucking, I don't like him as an, uh, as a director, most of the time, but he's so good at bringing in a bunch of crazy people and having them talk over each other. And that's great. That is great directing. So I'm giving it a seven. All Holy right. shit. We spent too much time on that. <laughs> that's okay. I knew that category was going to take the longest. Um, what are we doing next? Let's do eye candy next. Uh, okay. We'll start with the fighter. What did you give the fighter? The fighter I gave a five because I like the way that the fight scenes are displayed in the fighter a lot more. Um, and, and I will make this point. The training montage is way better in the fighter than it is in Warrior. Totally agree. Um, I just have a couple questions. One, why is everyone sweaty? And that's actually the only question I have. <laughs> everyone, dude, how warm is it in Lowell, Massachusetts? Dude, if it's the summer, the humidity is just I mean, a nightmare be, in Massachusetts. Everyone is so sweaty and nobody showers or changes their shirt. You would die in a place that's that humid. It's disgusting. Yeah, I've been to, to Cambodia and Vietnam, dude. Oh, Those yeah. were like... So I... I mean, you get used to it, but like you never really get used to it, you know? So I, uh, I purposely bought on YouTube, I bought the HD version, and then YouTube's bitch ass gave me 480p. <laughs> but the movie still looked good. So I'm giving it a 6 out of 7, and I really want to okay. point out how visually creative this movie is. Um... I didn't even realize I wrote this in all caps. I was a little bit tipsy last night when I watched this. I wrote this in all caps. I go, oh shit, this is Hoyda Van Hoydema um, doing the cinematography, who's like top five living cinematographers for me. He's the guy who did Dunkirk and uh, Is that a pseudonym Spectre. or is that that person's real That's name? his real name. And he's one of the coolest people. I've watched a cinematography roundtable. It's like him and uh, Deacons are the best each year. Hmm. Um but he, dude, the way that they do the final fight scene is really cool. I agree with you. I think the fighting scenes are way cooler. I love the way the camera like follows them when they first show Lowell, Massachusetts, and they're walking around in the shops, and it's like, yeah. uh, "How you like me now?" And then it's like getting you into it. Um, this is what I really want to point out: the use of handheld in this movie, like a handheld camera tracking shots and stuff, is unbelievable. Like it, yeah. it. Norm, I don't think movies need to be handheld. I, I really appreciate Scorsese movies for not being them, except for Goodfellas when they do that tracking yeah. shot. But like sometimes they are – when you do it the right way, like a movie like this, it makes it so real like you are in the scene with them, and I love that. And I also thought it was really cool how they do that effect to make it look like an HBO boxing thing. Um, I love that. I thought that was brilliant. So I'm giving it a six because I think it is well above average in terms of visual quality for a movie that doesn't really need to be. Okay. I gave it a five and I gave Warrior a four. Okay. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, I hate the training montage in Warrior. The stupid dude. Any movie oh, with the boxes floating, and stuff moving. Any movie that has floating rectangles, I hate. So you hate and, Ang Lee's Hulk then with Eric Bana? Oh, I was about to say that. It just reminds me of the starring the Nick Nolte, Eric Bana. Oh yeah, he's yeah, that's right. Dude, I love that movie. Me and my mom are the only people who love that that prefer that Hulk movie to the Edward Norton one. Mm, I have to rewatch them, but I definitely hate the floating rectangle thing. Um, so that was like a huge deal for me. I just thought it was kind of an average looking scene. The fight scenes are really good though. And they're really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, also fun to watch Tom Hardy's traps, dude. So big. What? And Julie goes, Julie goes, what muscles are those? But How it's like, does he look it's almost like not his traps. It's like he's <laughs> lifting his back shoulder blades to be above his body. It's like he was born in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, he literally looks like the Bane from like the comics and stuff with that. Uh, <laughs> was, we deserve a fighter. I was, that was born, born in the dark. dark. <laughs> you merely adopted it. <laughs> okay. And this gives but you gave... some kind of power over me. <laughs> That's such a bad impression. Um, so... You got to you got to talk into a cup. So I actually we'll, we'll I do gave that him... when we do Dark Knight Rises sometime. Yeah, we'll do it. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, I actually gave it a five, so like slightly, but I think you're right. Okay. I think that the fighting montages are kind of bad. Like our, our opinions on the like, like which one is better visually is the same. Yeah, just, we, we just you ticked it up. I think it's slightly above average in terms of the way it looks, and I think that's I I I really respect what Gav. I don't think Gavin O'Connor is a really good visual director, but I think I really respect uh, his use of budget. And I think it didn't look like a poor movie, even though it wasn't that high of a budget, I don't think. Um, I actually think a lot of the fight scenes are really cool. But I hate shaky fucking cam, dude. I hate shaky cam. Do not use shaky cam with fights. So any scene that didn't have it, I absolutely loved. But I also don't like when the camera is on the outside of the cage. It's just obnoxious. Put it inside the cage. You don't need to be outside it's the cage. It's called an octagon. Or the octagon, dude. It's the same difference. Uh, I think that movies like Creed, I think Creed has some of the best fighting scenes ever. Yeah. I think sure. it's really visually uh, well done. Yeah, dude. But outside of fighting, here's why I'm giving it a slightly above average. I think that the camera work on the characters like really makes you understand the characters. I think that they focus yeah. on them and they show you their emotions in a great way beyond what the acting could do. So I'm giving it a five. Okay. All right, let's move on to our next category. Let's do spectacularity, which is where we talk about the engagement level of the movie and whether we are bored or distracted or whether we are at the edge of our seats watching people pound each other's flesh the whole time uh <laughs> let's start with warrior uh you start i gave it a, i gave it a six out of seven i think it's a very engaging movie uh okay. i will point out one flaw early on is that it's too long it's two hours and 20 minutes for for this type of movie it doesn't oh, need it to be is, that long longer yeah it, it's, it's longer by a bit and a, like another con dude the score in warrior is awful like one of the worst scores i've ever heard in a movie it's oh dude yeah julie hated it dude the, the montage Beethoven scene was so bad i think more because of the score than the like the yeah editing. that's something i wanted to highlight here too now that you're bringing it up is uh the the difference in like there's a there's a recurring i, I guess you'd call it like a, a recurring song or like a callback song in both of these movies. Yeah. In Warrior, it's Beethoven Sixth, I think. Yeah. I well, that's that's his. It yeah. It's yeah, one of the Beethoven. He's like trying to he's like trying to find his Beethoven or what? Like that's the line that Frank Grillo's character keeps. Yeah, saying. I really like that. Not, not a great callback song. No, I will say this though: the final song is so emotional. The and final song amazing. is great. When they wrote it, they just kept playing that song by the National on repeat. Until oh, that's they got oh, the, that's by the National. Yeah, yeah, that's a great but, song. It's so like emotional. The, re the recurring like song in it is is Beethoven's whatever the the symphony in different ways. Oh, okay. The recurring song in Fighter is, is "How You Like Me Now" uh, by the Heavy. How you like me now by the Heavy, the which Heavy is, is so band. sick. It, it's a great recurring song because, like, it's just so uplifting. It's and so Massachusetts, to, too, dude. It's like, you they, fucking <laughs> think you're better than me? How you like me now? <laughs> uh, but I, I I, thought the same thing. I think that, that Warrior... What did you give? Did you give I it gave six? it a six because I, I here's the thing. I really, really, really like emotional family dramas like this. Yeah, and it's totally. at the same time that it's doing that, it is a uh, sports movie and it's a great sports mm -hmm. movie. And I think um, the, the not only is it a sports movie, the stakes for each of the characters are extremely high the whole time. So and so it said stakes just now, dude, dude, I want to get way hungrier than before stakes, when you dude. said pounding each other's flesh. I will I tell you, uh, <laughs> I will tell you uh, in terms of like emotional scenes, like the scene with Nick, every scene with Nick Nolte confronting his kids or whatever, any of those emotional scenes, but especially when he falls off the wagon, it's like you are hyper engaged in that and you are just mm -hmm. feeling it all the way through to your soul. Um, even though I don't have one, I forgot about the whole side plot about Tommy and the army, like being a hero, but also being a fugitive. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, oh, think, I forgot to put that in my synopsis. Yeah, he gets a- arrested. Yeah, and like they, but they they purposely like shroud everything in his past as like a mystery or whatever. They never yeah. really unveil it until later, and I think it keeps it engaging. Um, right. I like the they, character. They shroud everything in mystery. Yeah, they shroud Nick Nolte. They shroud everything in. It's all revealed sort of piecemeal, and it works and and doesn't work at the same time sometimes, I think. Yeah. I don't know. It worked for me. I, I don't think it's like a perfectly spectacular movie. I think there are elements of it that bring me mm-hmm. out of it. But, I mean, I gave it a six. You gave it a five. I gave it a five because I think it slows down a lot in the middle. And then, Ooh, like I, I totally said, the, agree with that. the way that the family info is given initially seems like in piecemeal seems initially very interesting but then you kind of lose it a bit after the scene where he confronts brendan and then you kind of like you kind of know at that point like how much of a uh piece of shit nick uh, Nick Nolte Nolte must have been um because then then there's not like all that much more to reveal and then tommy just like berates him and it's like just really really sad and those scenes are really poignant and they bring you back in um Oh, you're but, saying before the beach scene, it, it kind of falls down? Yeah, yeah. Oh, because the beach scene is like an absolutely incredible scene. The beach scene is really good too. There's a, there's a lot of really good scenes. And like I do think it's an above average movie in terms of engagement. It slows down in the middle. It's too long. Um, some of the flashbacks or whatever, but the end is like, the end is like on point. Oh, you were just like geared in. In the last three fights, when he yeah. fights Koba, all of the fight Koba scenes. is. No, dude. Ah, that's so funny. Do you know Koba is the is um a nickname for Joseph Stalin? Whoa, dude. Fucked up. How how messed up must like do people in Russia like revere Joseph Stalin still? Dude, I mean they revere Putin. Hey, Putin, what's up? I know you've been listening. Why do they call the the Why do they call that Russian fighter Koba? Because like Koba if there was a German is fighter that they called ape. Adolf. Like, why would you do that? I don't know. That's pretty messed well, up. How how messed up? Of Isn't a person that's a real fighter Koba too? Though he's not actually called Koba in real life, is he? No, the the fighter is like something angle. Okay, because there's a lot yeah, of real he, fighters in it. There's a lot of real fighters yeah. in the movie. Yeah, but anyways, I gave it a five. Okay, want to talk about the fighter? Yeah, I gave the fighter a five actually, um, and I was kind of surprised by that. So I, when I first mm. saw it, I gotta say, me and Clay like walked out of the theater so pumped, and we did the little like clapping your bo- your boxing gloves above your head like he does oh, right yeah. before he uh, beats him at the end, and we were like that song "How You Like Me Now" was like stuck in my head for weeks because I never heard yeah, it before totally. that movie. Um, I also think that Christian, any scene with Christian Bale is extremely fascinating and I'm totally engaged in it. Um, I re- and another good part, I really love the back in the saddle montage cause it's like the fighting in it is like staged and fake looking, but it's so cool. Like, it's like, it's guiding you through and it's like, yeah. I'm back! and then, uh, you mean the song by the greatest American rock band? No, wait, I thought there are, oh, is that, that's Aerosmith. Yeah, that's Aerosmith. Dude, I thought that was ACDC. No, dude, that's Aerosmith, the greatest American oh, rock band. Perfect. Dude. That was a perfect Steven Tyler impression. Thank you. Um, um, I, but I got to say this. This is why I'm giving it a five instead of a six. David O. Russell movies are so chaotic that I hmm. don't really know what the hell is happening. And they're too real where I'm like, it, what is the story? What am I watching? Like, where is this going? Is chaos, dude. Dude, but I'm like, I don't know what I'm watching, and I really don't think this movie is for everyone because I think like a lot of people when they watch the first half of the fighter would be like, "What the fuck is this movie about?" Besides this, like, guy Dicky, I get Dicky a Mickey. Like, there's not really a, a structure to the first half of it. Um, See, but I like that because the first half is like this redemption arc for Christian Bale. Or like the beginning, and like you're really hooked into Christian Bale's character, and then the, and then he goes to jail, and then it's really a lot more about Mark Wahlberg's rise, and I well, think there's like this perfect trade off, and then they like come back into sync, and with my hands right now, I'm like doing this thing where one goes lower and then it goes back. Yeah, on. it looks like they go into sync. It's pretty, it's pretty accurate to being in sync. <laughs> it's like that GIF I sent of the fusion dance from Dragon Ball Z. Oh yeah. 
Um, I, I I agree with you. I mean, I, I I think you have a good point. I'm just saying I don't think the structure starts happening until Dickie goes to jail. And there are stuff. But with, I like that. But like, there, but there are in. scenes where there's like everyone standing outside and all yelling at each other and talking to each other, and you don't really know whose not motivations you, not you, are not what. You. Yeah, I just like. Uh, but I I don't know. I really like, I gave it a six. I think it's okay. a more engaging movie. I think the documentary bit really propels the first half, and then the second half is just all basically all Wahlberg. But also there's this there's the like final redemption of Christian Bale's character, and the scene where he fights Sanchez is a masterpiece. Yeah, it's Dude. really well done. It's That cool. is the best fight. That's the best fight of the two movies in in my opinion. Mm. I think it's better than the I don't know, the, the fighting, the, the fighting Brendan. in Warrior is so realistic looking and the fighting well, yeah, they're, in they're the different. fighter doesn't look like real fighting. It looks I more think it staged. Does. It looks like it looks like you're watching it on ESPN. And it's like I know the sounds are a bit, yeah, yeah a bit much. I agree. Um, I mean, I do, I do sound... think the family drama is really engaging, and I yes. do think the chaos is engaging. As I was saying, in actoring, I just, dude, felt like the I... first half of it. I'm like, what the fuck is? I've seen this movie like three or four times. What is this about? I did not have that feeling, um, but, but I, it sound, is under two hours, and that is, it is that, slightly that is beautiful. Um, and I want to say that the soundtrack in Fighter. Is really like the classic rock soundtrack is great. Oh yeah, and they do Sarah it. Smile by uh, the, uh yeah they Paul do a Oates. ton, dude. They do Back in the Saddle. They do oh man, I should have written down all of the the awesome classic rock songs that they put in this movie. Yeah, um, all right, it's great. It, I don't know. I gave it a six. I I thought it was more engaging than Warrior. We differed in our opinions. Yeah, um, are we doing originality next? Uh, I yeah, let's do originality. So. Originality is kind of where we talk about how creative the movie is um, and um, kind of like everything that's it, like, does it stand out in its own genre? Did it need to be made? Did it like take real life things and make them more interesting in some creative yeah. ways? Um, so I gave the fighter and I was kind of surprised about this, but I'm giving it a four out of seven. Dude, so did I. And I was also surprised. I think it's a very interesting movie about trying to make a name for yourself with a self-obsessed and like hyper dysfunctional family and whether you have to like ditch your family to find personal success. I think that's really well written. Um, I will say I got to bring it up again. Like I think the lack of a clear stru story structure is not that creative. I think that they could have spent more time coming up with that. Um, yeah, I mean it's literally based on someone's life, and like, yeah, we didn't mention this, but a lot of the acting is essentially just impersonation. Yeah, well, so I when I watch High on Crack Street, I will tell you, I don't think Christian Bale's a acting for. I think he's do going over the top for Dickie, but it works. It's like he created the character himself. He did some mm -hmm. of the, he says that there's a rhythm to the way that Dickie talks, right, which is very yeah. true, but Dickie doesn't talk as much as he does. And he's adding in stuff. And I think that works. And I, and I love that he did that. And I think that's really creative acting, but that's where I, you know, actoring gets the, more of the credit. Um, true, true. I do think it was really clever to, because there was that documentary and it wasn't about Dickie, just Dickie. I think that whole through line in the movie is extremely clever. And I think the way that they reveal that it is about crack, when they say it to his face right before he smokes like a bowl of crack, um, is, <laughs> is that what you call it? it? That's a big moment. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, what? I didn't realize this documentary yeah, is actually about the, that. But then when you're in the prison like and it really gets into how it, how it's like literally not about him as a fighter uh -uh. is like a very shocking moment that hits really hard. And I think that's it's really good writing. It's so embarrassing for him. Yeah. I don't know. I think they I br know. it is based on uh, on a true story, as you said. But I think they bring yeah. in a lot of like cool fiction and embellishments that really help it. I yeah. just think it's kind of average. It's visually creative, but I'm yeah, not going mean, to give it credit for that. Yeah, it's totally. I gave it an average score. I just like there's there's a ton of boxing movies and there's a ton of family drama movies and there's a lot of family drama movies that are also sports movies. Like they pretty much all have that kind of a a thing to them and like I've been reading all of these articles on the Athletic. This is like a total aside, but it's kind of the same about different like they like rank the top 100 baseball players, uh -huh. all of them, not all of them, 
many of them are about family issues. Oh, like it's interesting. Just, Dude, that they dude, overcame. You should their... read about Mick. You should read about everyone. Should read about Mickey Mantle's relationship with his dad. Whoa, whoa, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not okay. Yeah, I don't but know if like, I want to, but but that's not like an original, like idea. Yeah, and and it is like literally based on a person's life for sure. So I, I gave it an average score too. Okay, cool. I gave Warrior Five though. Yeah, I actually I think I gave Warrior five as well. Um, why don't you? No, actually, I gave Warrior six. So I kind of thought you were gonna give it a six too. Yeah. Because I I can't. I gave it a five, um, because I think the only thing that makes it like really really original is that it's about MMA and it's a really good movie and those things don't exist. Yeah. Th- like oh my god, really you, good you movies said that in a way your way that I was gonna say that. <laughs> so it has to be above average, right? Like it just yeah. for that reason and that reason alone. But it is like it's an amazing movie. It's a great. It's it's really like a incredibly powerful performance from from Nick Nolte. But um, the thing that makes it original is that it's a really good movie about mixed martial arts yeah i wrote down that same note not in that way because that's funnier because the only other one was like never back down which is not a good movie um you could tell i what i what i also appreciate is like you could tell there was a lot of respect for the sport in this movie they kept real fighters in it they tried to make it as accurate as possible um i think it's awesome that this movie is about two different types of underdogs and they really flesh out exactly what makes what like motivates each character and their styles are like okay so it's a little confusing because you have the brute force of tom hardy facing the smart like smart self-preservative uh version of like a fighter that is uh joel Joel edgerton but it's kind of confusing because uh tommy tom hardy's uh character was originally a wrestler back in the day, but he wins by knocking people out with punches. And then Joel Edgerton was a fighter like, and he and knocks the, people out by the tapping ground, them out. Yeah. Yeah. He's like the ground fighter. It's weird. I, I mean, I guess like, I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. It's really interesting, but I do think, I think father, son, and dysfunctional like brother relationships really get really are interesting to me and to put that into a mixed martial arts movie is really creative and that's why i'm giving it well above average with the six um i also i i gotta say some of it like bothers me i don't believe that brendan would have won that tournament I don't believe he would have beaten Koba. No. That just like there's no fucking chance he would have won that fight against Koba without dying in the process. And like, then when what he, does he do to what does he do to beat Koba? He gets him to tap out, but like he gets everyone to tap out. I thought it would have been cool if he knocked one of them out at one point. Yeah, it's like it's like the Sanchez fight where he basically like breaks his rib. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where Mark Wahlberg just it takes it and then he just. Oh yeah, yeah. He well, he just gets Koba in a position that Koba, I'm pretty sure, has just never been in. Um, Yeah. I will say overall, I'm not a fight. Neither (laughs) Nick or I. I mean, Nick even Nick likes it maybe a little bit more than me. But I'm not a big like fighting fan. I don't really care when people want to watch it. I'm like, why? Why does this still exist? Um, But (laughs) I just I love the idea that a fight could literally last thirty seconds. Yeah, I mean, I that's yeah. Well, like the time that we went to try to see that one fight and it just ended and like, yeah, yeah. So, but, but because I'm not a big fighting fan and they created a movie that I really, really enjoyed. I think that is very original and creative. Definitely. Um, and I think that that's like, that's its legacy too. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just to, to transition and talking about legacy, the, I think led the, like I gave Warrior Five in terms of its legacy because it's a really good movie about MMA. Nick Nolte was an amazing actor, and I will always remember that performance. Yeah. Personally, it's very memorable for me. Um, and it's definitely still a movie that should be talked about, and it's like far and away the best movie about mixed martial arts fighting that exists. Yeah, I don't know. So well, they made like Kingdom. That show was legacy. actually pretty good. That we watched. That show Frank was Carlo. pretty good. Yeah, dude, remember Nick Jonas in that? Yeah, he was actually kind of good in dude, it. Nick Jonas. Well, you know who also show. was in that is that was my uh, that was my like uh, that was gonna be my recommendation as the show. W- Kingdom. Well, you know who also was really good in it, and we I almost forgot he was in it is Paul Walter Hauser, the guy who played Richard Jewell this year. 
Oh, yeah. Who's just like a huge actor now. He's also, you got to listen to podcasts with him. He's one of the funniest human beings and he's just so nice. Really? But anyways, you, wait, but you yeah, gave so it a five? I gave it a five. I gave it yeah. a five as well. I think okay. it is a pretty popular movie. You know, it's really well loved by audiences. Um, 8.1 on IMDb is very, very high for this type of movie. 92% Rotten Tomato audience. The critic reviews are pretty good. But this yeah. is one, this is a huge box office flop. Like this movie lost really? two million on a twenty five million dollar budget, which is Whoa, crazy. Bringing in the facts. Um, and it only made seventeen million in the United States, and I think that's because people watched it after it was in theaters. Um, uh, when it came out, I thought it was. When we watched it, I thought it was one of the better, the best movies of that year, and I was really surprised by it, and I was really pissed off it wasn't nominated for more. In hindsight, I still like Drive and Ides of, Mo- uh, Ides of March a lot more. Um, those are two of my favorite movies. Um, but I think it really aged well, um, and I think people were really pumped that we were doing these two movies, especially that we were doing Warrior. And so it, it just it leaves you feeling really optimistic and feeling yeah. great. And that, Absolutely. that's its legacy. And another huge thing is they filmed multiple movies that take place in mountains just on Tom Hardy's back after this movie. So that's yeah. gotta be a <laughs> uh, That's hilarious. Uh, okay. Yeah, there was a documentary on his shoulders for sure. Still, uh, uh, yeah, what about jokes. the legacy for the fighter for you? I gave it a six. It won both both supporting actor awards. Um, it's it's a I think a better movie, not by a long shot, but it is just overall a better movie. And there are performances that are um, always memorable. And there's just something about a movie that Mark Wahlberg like pushes. That yeah, he just it's really inspiring to. that he like did that. He worked his ass off. He forgo his like salary for this movie. Yeah, and he trained for like years and found like sneaky ways to um like continue training for this movie. I by... still wish there was someone else who played his role. <laughs> I know, but it's it's so yeah. like there's something about like I don't love Mark Wahlberg. I think Mark Wahlberg is fine. Well, then why don't you not about... marry him? There's something about <laughs> There's something about things that he attaches himself to and like really pushes that just stick in like in like the ether like like people just love he he knows what people love and like he just attaches himself to it and pushes it so hard and this is just one of those things and like like i don't know which of the two people remember more but i have to give the nod to a fighter for multiple reasons i mean and like the most obvious being that it won both supporting actor like and it was nominated for seven uh, awards yeah. it was nominated for best picture yeah i mean and it like i don't think it should have won because that was the year the no. social network somehow didn't win and it's forever forever for my entire life i am going to <laughs> like scream at the top of my lungs uh how how stupid it was that the social network didn't win best picture but anyways yeah i digress uh i'm gonna give it a i was hovering between a five and a six and i i really like your opinion about mark Wahlberg and um that you kind of have to, this movie has a legacy because he made this movie have a legacy and I give it a lot of respect. I also think this catapulted David O. Russell into one of the more popular director categories for prestige movies. You know, then he did Silver Linings Playbook, which is really good. American Hustle, which was not that good, but people enjoyed and it was nominated for a lot and it won multiple awards. Um, he's become a big director, even though he's a piece of shit asshole to his actors. I don't know if you... Is he really? Oh, he makes them do a ton of takes. He's like a psycho about it. He's not like Stanley Kubrick. He's like an absolute asshole to everyone. He's like one of the people that no one... People respect him, but they like almost don't want to work with him. Um, hmm. But yeah, it was nominated for seven Oscars. On an, he had the same budget as Warrior, and it's not as like crazy of like a sports movie. And it made 129 million worldwide, which is wow crazy. Um, and people people really love this movie. And Christian Bale's performance is like for me, it's like top five most iconic performance. It's like when I'm talking about, even though Nick Nolte is amazing as sporting actor and warrior, when I'm talking about best supporting performances of all time, I'm always gonna put Christian Bale first. I think. 
um, or Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. Uh, and the ending is really inspiring. I think this ending is like exceptionally uh, yeah. inspiring and it leaves that kind of legacy that you want to go back and re-see this movie later. Yeah. So let's add it up. I okay. So mine is kind of funny. My warrior is 25. My fighter is a 28. So my warrior is a 28 and my fighter is a 28. This wow. is my first tie. But yeah, me and you had the same for the fighter. So, so Warrior... 53 to 56? Wow. So war. I wasn't expecting going into this that Warrior would win, and that is my fault. I'm the one who tipped the scale on that. No, Warrior didn't win. Why wouldn't no, it no, win? No, no, Fighter wins by three. Oh, I, yeah, you're right, you're I right. I rated the Fighter three points higher. Okay, okay. Yeah, I gave it, an, I gave it a nod. Fighter got a nod at Actoring, Spectacularity, Eye Candy, and Legacy. I only For gave me, it the nod it in like one. Warrior gave it. Warrior got the nod in originality. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mine was kind of uh, even across the board. So right, yeah, you, you did. I mean, this is like as close as two movies are gonna get, honestly, on this podcast, which I just wasn't expecting. Yeah, I thought the fighter great, would be way. I was higher. really excited for this episode. Yeah, I also just wanted to talk, dude. Remember the cine? <laughs> you just watched it last night, so you better remember. There's like that cinephile guy. When Mickey and Charlene go to the oh it's too, uh, oh I forgot to theater. mention this I think I went to that movie theater oh really yeah in Lexington um, dude that guy cracked me up because I was like oh like it's Gabe it's us yeah it's Gabe <laughs> it's, yeah both us yeah he's like the cinematography is really good and they're like oh yeah really oh man he's wearing the like sweater <laughs> I dude that I was gonna point out is Amy Adams is like best scene she's so great in she's, that. Yeah, she's like, she why the really fuck did you take thing. me to this movie? What are you afraid of me or what? Like, uh, she's so good. <laughs> All right, let's uh, get into our accolade section, which we okay. are like, we are improving our accolade section and trying to give you We're guys some like hot beefing shit. Beefing up more than Tom Hardy did for this. Oh, um, true that. Let's start with the MVP. Okay. okay, my MVP is Nick Nolte. Makes me cry every time. Yeah, my MVP is Christian Bale. I Nick Fair Nolte enough. is great. Christian Bale's otherworldly. Uh, um. What about least valuable player? All the high schoolers in Warrior. Oh, fair enough. And I'm um, gonna I'm gonna include that in worst scene too. Um, mine, I think she's an amazing. It's an amazing performance, and for that reason, that's why I gave her least valuable player is Alice, oh my not God. Melissa Leo. Alice. Yeah, she's a the piece character. Of shit. Alice is. Hor- she is not pleasant in this here's, movie. Here's the like... It's a testament to Melissa Leo's acting that I hate her this much, but dude... Oh, ranking man. of three mothers I hate the absolute most, and one of them is now a mother. Sorry, spoiler alert. But three people in any TV shows or movies that I absolutely hate the most as mothers. Alice, Skylar White, <laughs> yeah. and Darlene in Ozark. Darlene in Ozark makes me want to... like smash my head into a desk i hate her so much she's the evil like Who? hillbilly woman yeah no i know who's your uh who's your six man so this is the person that did the most with the least okay so like technically brian callen is doing way too much in warrior but oh, dude, yeah. I hate, but I hate him. So I want to give it to the guy who plays George. Um, yes, in the fighter. So did I. Nice, Jack McGee, dude. Jack McGee. I think dude. he's really, really good in Warrior. Like his he's performance amazing. is pretty powerful, and he's only in like he's only in like ten seconds of each scene he's in. Yeah, um, dude. He st- he he definitely. Wow, like, nice, dude. Him. Look at us. Yeah. Hey, look at look us. at us. Uh, all right, what's, um, let's pick our all-star. Oh, wait, no, no, no. What, comeback player? So did you have a comeback player of the year? So that's the that's the person whose performance grew the most on you or like they're, they're developed as a character the most for you or just in general? Did you have, did you pick one of those? Because I picked one. <sighs> who's yours? Mine is Tom Hardy because at first oh, I didn't, yes. his performance doesn't, didn't, doesn't gel with me until basically the final scene. When he and like he's just, I think like it's a really complex character. Likable, he's he is a very complex, like character. And the performance, I was like, this is not Tom Hardy's best. And then by the end, you're like, oh, okay. I kind of right. thought it was one of his best performances because he's such a hateable exactly. character. Exactly, and that's why. But I didn't think that until 
I rethought about it again. So that's right. that's like oh, and then he's just like so he's so me. kind and like patient to his dad when his dad falls off the wagon and he exactly. fully understands. Like it's just like his performance just builds over the 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 course of the movie. So by the the beginning you don't you're like eh, and by the end you're like okay yeah okay that's a really, really all right powerful performance. So that's what I think this new cat this new award okay we'll build it build an all-star team so pick five performances from both of these movies that are your that are your all-stars okay that you would face against any other movie nick nolte christian bale melissa leo uh, amy adams and tom hardy okay i almost almost the same i did christian bale nick nolte melissa leo tom hardy I didn't put Amy Adams, even though she's. I think she's amazing. Um, it's just that I feel like someone else could have done. No, I don't know. Um, but then I have like kind of a tie for the trainers in each one. So Mickey O'Keefe, oh. Mickey O'Keefe, who plays himself, and Frank Grillo. Um, I think Edgerton is great, and I and I think uh, Amy Adams uh, is great. I just like those Edgerton are the was ones. Almost my least valuable player, honestly. Oh, I so I kind of thought that, but like. Dude, Edgerton is just like his he's, career he's, is crazy. He's fine, but I think like it's the in least these, yeah. in these two movies. Like everyone is such like a powerhouse, and he's just like good. Yeah. Okay. I agree. You know? I agree with that for sure. Um, do you have a? Let's do the Infantroopin Award for dumbest moment. Dumbest moment. So infantrupin, if no one understands, that's what our president said. It, and I don't even know what word he was going for in that speech. He, he's talking about like an infantry but badge. He's, I, oh, yeah. Okay. But like he said infantrupin. I mean, um, dumbest moment for me is the scene where they show all the high schoolers in that parking lot. I just, I hate every yeah, scene with those high schoolers. Stupid. They're the worst. Um, This scene is not like a dumb scene in the sense that it's like like it's it's like a stupid scene like yours but it's like one of those ones where you kind of facepalm when you rewatch it and but because you're like oh my god how did i how did he not see this coming is when dicky says at the beginning of the movie like very very like little time in the movie he says the jokes on me about something completely different than the documentary oh and then you find out that the document, like the joke, is literally on him. Yeah, he's just like, it. Like I was rewatching it, and I was like, oh, dude, I forgot about. It. It's just like this scene where you're like, how could you be so stupid? <laughs> how could you be so stupid? Um, to the character. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Different take on your your award, but I can't. Well, I don't know if the, the this award really applies to these movies, but we will keep that award because that's a funny word. True, true. Um, okay, do you have any recommendations? Um, my recommendation was the show Kingdom, at least the first season of the show. Yeah, Kingdom. we stopped watching. It's uh, it's yeah. a direct TV original. Um, yeah, I mean, you got plenty of time to... to stream stuff while you're stuck in your house i have so. plenty of recommendations i i think people should watch you, the wrestler you if you haven't seen the wrestler you should oh, yeah. see that uh it's incredible darren aronofsky mickey rourke a great performance i thought bleed for this was really good it's miles teller um a comeback boxing story it's one of the most insane comeback boxing stories i've ever seen the dude gets into a, like a horrific car wreck oh yeah and he's not that. supposed to walk ever again and then he like showed me that yeah uh prayer before dawn is this awesome movie where this fighter kid who's uh he's from peaky blinders and he's from the episode uh sh- uh what's the episode called uh oh hang the dj of uh black mirror the dating one mm. um he is a fighter who gets in trouble for selling drugs in uh, Thailand, and he goes into a Thai prison, not understanding any in, not any of their language. He doesn't speak any of it. So the movie, like, you don't even get subtitles for a lot of it because he doesn't know what's happening. And it's they he learns how to become like one of the best Muay Thai fighters in the world. It's like a real story. Um, what? It's insane. What is that called? It's called Prayer Before Dawn. It's really good. I recommend that. Crazy. And then I recommend for anybody who hasn't seen it, like watch the original Rocky movie. Even if you're not a boxing fan, it's a fucking classic and it's really good. Um, it's yeah, not even about boxing. Movies. And then Creed. Creed is amazing. It's on Hulu. Uh, Creed 2 is whatever. It's still fun. But Creed is amazing. Um, yeah. 
All right. Cool. You can hit Cue us up on uh, social media. Uh, we are on Instagram, instagram.com slash facingoffpod. Send us a DM. Let us know what kind of movies you want to hear. We got so many fun ones for you idiots while we're uh, all quarantined. <laughs> it's going to be sick. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, twitter.com slash facingoffpod. Send us an email. I know you guys are like sitting there and you're like looking at yourself in the mirror and like going through like monologues because you've lost your mind a little bit. Why don't you put that in email form and send it to us? Facingoffpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Nick, do you have a send off? Why'd she have to come running in here like a silverback gorilla? She went to college, so she thinks she's all superior and shit. <laughs> That's it. <laughs>